Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, April 20th. Coming up today. House Republicans unveil their plan for the debt ceiling. The legal fight over abortion goes into overtime at the Supreme Court. Tesla shares fall as Elon Musk signals more price cuts ahead. And we get another read on the banking industry as a slew of regional lenders report earnings. A wild car chase in Midtown Manhattan has left an officer injured. Plus, an elderly white man accused of shooting a black teen was in a Kansas City court. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Mets beat the Dodgers despite Max Scherzer's ejection. Yankees a walk-off win on the Angels. The Islanders lost again at Carolina. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with an offer to address the national debt. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is proposing a bill that would add $1.5 trillion to the debt ceiling, enough to avert a default until March of next year. The bill would also cut spending by about $130 billion. And McCarthy says that's not all. Our bill would actually claw back billions of dollars of unspent COVID money that has sat for the last two years. The American people are tired of politicians who use COVID as an excuse for more extreme inflationary spending. But President Biden is already rejecting House Speaker McCarthy's plan. Mega Republican Congress are threatening to default on the national debt. The debt that took 230 years to accumulate overall. Overall. Unless we do what they say. They say they're going to default unless I agree to all these wacko notions they have. The president spoke at a union hall outside Washington. Now, it's unclear if McCarthy's plan has enough support from fellow Republicans. A vote on the bill could come as soon as next week. Meantime, Nathan, spending on Ukraine remains in focus. The Biden administration has announced another package of weapons and ammunition support valued at up to $325 million. It will include ammo for rockets and anti-armor systems and more artillery rounds. The munitions will be taken from U.S. stockpiles. It is the 36th such drawdown. Elsewhere in Washington, Amy, the Supreme Court has made another move on reproductive rights. The high court is allowing access to a widely used abortion pill until at least tomorrow. Justices are still considering whether to allow longer restrictions on the drug Mifepristone to take effect. Scott Carr has more from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The court pushed back an original Wednesday deadline to decide whether to allow a Texas judge's order, restricting the sale and use of Mifepristone while a legal challenge to the medication's FDA approval over 20 years ago continues. The Biden administration and the drug's maker, Danko Labs in New York, want the high court to reject the ruling out of Texas at least as long as the case makes its way through the courts. The additional time could be part of an effort to craft an order that has broad support among the justices. And one or more of them might be writing a separate opinion. They're now expected to act by Friday night. In Washington, I'm Scott Carr, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right. Thank you, Scott. In Texas today, SpaceX hopes to launch its next generation Starship rocket this morning. A problem with pressurization resulted in the previous launch being scrubbed. The test flight is seen as a key step towards sending humans to the moon and Mars. Of course, Elon Musk is a CEO of SpaceX, Amy. His other company is in the spotlight as well. Tesla. Its shares are down 7.5% in early trading after profit missed and operating margins came in just above 11% in the first quarter, down from 19% last year. Musk is signaling Tesla will continue cutting prices to stoke demand. We really don't think about competitors that much. We're the only ones making cars that technically we could sell for zero profit for now and then yield actually tremendous economics in the future through autonomy. Elon Musk says the best scenario could see Tesla produce as many as 2 million vehicles this year. And the parade of earnings continues this morning. We've heard from the big banks. Now the regional lenders report. They're in the spotlight after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. More in this live report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. And Amy, the results will offer investors insight into the extent of the damage from the March banking panic. Under the microscope will be banks' deposits. And the question everybody wants to know is whether spooked customers dump their accounts and transfer their cash to the perceived safety of the big banks. The results yesterday from Western Alliance Bank were offered some hope. That company said deposits rose $2 billion. Those shares surged. The regional banks reporting today include Fifth Third Bank Corp, Huntington Bank shares, Keycorp, Comerica, and Truist Financial. Wall Street expects to see some moderate earnings growth driven by in increases in net interest income. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, John. New York Fed President John Williams says the recent banking turmoil may make it harder for households and businesses to get credit. Williams calls the banking system sound and resilient, but he says recent developments will likely lead to tighter credit conditions and that will affect spending. And in other banking news, HSBC says proposals this week from its largest shareholder, peeing on insurance, would destroy shareholder value. Bloomberg's Rashad Salamat has details from Hong Kong. HSBC says the restructuring proposal would mean lower dividends. It's in effect a sharp rebuke of Ping An and its vision of unlocking value at the British bank. HSBC fully rejected the suggestion of a partial listing of its Hong Kong business, saying the plans smack of financial engineering and that Ping An misunderstands HSBC's business. The bank reports first quarter results on the 2nd of May and holds its annual meeting three days later. Expect fireworks. Bloomberg's Rashad Salamat reports Ping An currently owns 8% of HSBC stock. 46 degrees in New York. It's going to be partly sunny today with highs in the upper 60s. We'll get down to the low 50s tonight under a clear to partly cloudy sky. Time now to look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Police say an attempted traffic stop turned into a chase through Midtown Manhattan. According to the NYPD, the driver hit one police officer in the head, evading three police stops, speeding down sidewalks, ramming into a fire hydrant, and slammed into a restaurant street shack. This woman says the driver just missed her by inches while she was crossing the street with a walker. I was scared to death. The car kept speeding down the street. I was crossing from this side to that side. The car, I, was, I had the light. His, his wheel hit me down here, and the bumper came flying off. The car eventually came to a stop. The driver managed to crawl out from behind an inflated airbag and escaped.
Investigators are trying to determine the cause of this week's parking garage collapse in Lower Manhattan. One worker was killed and seven others were hurt. Officials say according to initial findings, the age of the building and the number of vehicles parked on the roof deck contributed to the collapse. The 84-year-old white man who shot Ralph Yarl, a black teenager in Kansas City, pleaded not guilty in his first court appearance Wednesday. Yarl mistakenly went to Andrew Lester's door looking for his younger brothers. Lester walked with a cane in court as he answered charges of first-degree assault and armed criminal action in the shooting. Yarl family attorney Lee Merritt talked about Lester. I want him to make this as easy on the family as possible, uh, to be forthcoming about what he did. Uh, and he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. That's, that's an outcome that we're hoping for. Uh, all of his assets are going to become Ralph's assets. Meanwhile, the father of Kaylin Gillis is speaking out. Authorities say Gillis was a passenger in a car with three friends Saturday night, all looking for another friend's house in a rural area of Hebron, New York, when they mistakenly pulled into 65-year-old Kevin Monahan's driveway. Police say the friends never got out of the car, but Monahan opened fire from his porch, striking the 20-year-old, Kaylin's father, Andrew Gillis. She had hopes and dreams of becoming a marine biologist or a veterinarian. She loved animals. And this man took that away from us. And a Texas cheerleader remains in the ICU after two cheerleaders were shot after one of them mistakenly tried to enter the wrong car after practice. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. This Yankees-Angels series at the stadium build as the battle of the MVPs. Aaron Judge against Shohei Otani, who on Tuesday hit a two-run homer before the Yankees recorded an out. So last night, Judge hit a two-run homer before the Angels recorded an out. It came after Judge made a remarkable juggling catch to take another first-inning homer away from Otani. Game went 10 innings. The Yanks scored on a Glaber Torres sack fly. They won 3-2, and if they win today at 4 o'clock, they will have still not yet lost a series. The Mets won the series in L.A. They beat the Dodgers 5-3 despite Max Scherzer's ejection after the third inning thrown out for sticky stuff and accusations Scherzer denies. You sweat and rosin, your hand is sticky, but I don't get how I get ejected when I'm when I'm in front of MLB officials doing exactly exactly what you want and being deemed my hands too sticky when I'm using legal substance. I do not understand that. Bullpen did the job after Scherzer left. Brandon Nimmo had a two-run home, Mark Canna, two-run double. Mets visit the Giants tonight. Stanley Cup playoffs, the Islanders were down 2-0 and then up 3-2. Hurricanes scored five minutes into overtime, won 4-3 to take a 2-0 series lead. Florida surprisingly won game two in Boston. Home wins for Dallas and Edmonton. All those series are now tied at one. The battle for the Hudson continues tonight. Rangers having won game one. Play game two with the Devils. Nets are down 2-0. They'll host the Sixers in game three. NBA home wins for Milwaukee, Memphis, and Denver. Tiger Woods, last seen limping at the Masters, will have fusion surgery on his foot. Issues stemming from that car accident. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. 
Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The debate over the debt ceiling in Washington now includes a bill to debate. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is proposing to raise the nation's borrowing limit for about a year while cutting government spending to last year's levels. The bill would also add new work requirements to government benefits like Medicaid and food stamps. Right now, there are more job openings than people looking for work. Our plan ensures adults without dependents earn a paycheck and learn new skills. And that was Speaker McCarthy unveiling the 320-page bill yesterday. And for more, we're joined now by Julie Norman, co-director of the Center for U.S. Politics at University College London. Julie, it's always great to speak with you. We've heard Democrats, including President Biden, warn in the past that Republicans would aim at benefit cuts as part of a debt ceiling increase debate. Is this bill just dead on arrival? Well, Nathan, it will be interesting to see what happens with the bill itself, because it'll be hard for McCarthy even to get all of his own caucus to vote unanimously on this to get it through the House. Even if it gets through the House, Democrats have been clear it's not going to get through the Senate. And Biden has said, obviously, he's going to veto it. So in terms of legislation, it's sort of dead in the water, as you said. But what McCarthy is hoping is that this will push Biden to negotiate on the debt ceiling, at least have something down on paper to start working with and to get the two talking to see what they can do before June or before a default. Well, are you seeing any signs that this could spur President Biden to negotiate? Because his position at this point has been he wants a clean debt ceiling increase and any negotiations on spending uh, need to be left to the budget process. Well, that's exactly right. For Biden and for the administration, it's an idea of principle as well, this idea that we don't barter over raising the debt ceiling. This should just be something that is a clean uh, a clean deal by Congress that doesn't require all these negotiations and back dealings over and over again. And then there's also the uh, details of this as well. You know, Biden is not looking to uh, join on with McCarthy and Republicans in cutting federal agencies and increasing work requirements uh, or going along with any other measures here. So there's the, the details, but also just the larger principle at play. Yeah, we should talk a little bit more about these details as well, because, as you mentioned, there is that difficulty uh, for Speaker McCarthy just to keep his own caucus rallied around this bill. He's only got a four seat majority in the House. 
House, what's the potential that uh, a certain number of Republicans don't even support this offer? Yeah, it's going to be really tricky. And we've seen that already in how long it's taken McCarthy even just to cobble together this package. And even as this is on the table, um, I understand that the House Freedom Caucus is still trying to add on different measures that they want to see on it, which may alienate some moderates. So right now, it's a somewhat loosely defined package of about $130 billion of cuts in federal spending. But again, not clear on which agencies or programs that would affect uh, particularly um, new work requirements on, um, on welfare programs, um, blocking the student debt program, um, that uh, cancellation program that, that Biden wants, which the court may, may block anyway. Um, and then a new mode of their attack ons for permits for oil and gas. So there's a lot in this. Again, I think it'll be hard even for McCarthy to get it over the line. But again, it's very vague. And I think that's where he's maybe hoping he can uh, get people to sign on because the details aren't all fleshed out. Well, given that we don't have those uh, fully fleshed out details, do you see a bigger risk that moderate Republicans won't support this or some of the Freedom Caucus members? You know, it might be a little bit of both. I mean, as you know, as, as, as kind of famously talked about now, the five families, so to speak, in the caucus, there's a lot of different interests at play. It's not even just two sides that McCarthy is trying to balance between. And because every vote is pretty much needed, there's a lot of leverage for any one member or any small group of members to really push for things for their district. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, of deal making, so to speak, to try and get those votes for McCarthy in these coming days. But again, at the end of the day, the vote count doesn't really matter. It's not really about uh, the idea this would become legislation. It's more, is this a package that could start some kind of negotiations? And I think that back and forth is going to continue a bit as the political brinkmanship builds up. Got about 30 seconds left here, Julie. Wall Street's been pretty sanguine about the idea that the U.S. would default on its debt up to now. Is this something that Wall Street needs to be concerned about? Well, Nathan, it's a tough one because we hear this the same scenario happen time after time again, and it becomes a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. It seems like it's always going to get fixed at the last minute one way or the other. And as hopeful as we are about that, just the stakes are so big and so real that you do have to take it seriously. And we do have to be prepared for any kind of turns this might take, especially when politics are so volatile. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. 
Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.